So I'm just talking to you. All right, dear. Hello, I'm Nana. And if you enjoy listening to my sweethearts talk on this show, maybe tell a friend of yours. And maybe they can enjoy it, too. And if you would like to see this little show go a little bit further, maybe check out the Darlings Buy Me a Coffee account. All right. Okay, honey, you can go ahead with your flashlight thing now. Ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are continuing our June special with our two-part pride extravaganza. I had no idea what word I was going to use, but it works. We're going to go with that. Sometimes the ones off the top of the head are the best. You just got to go with it. Extravaganza. Because this is the second part. So if you didn't listen to the first part and would like to, uh, we covered uh, pride experiences. And this episode, we are covering the history of pride and how it came to be. I am joined by Peter Coleman and everybody's favorite quiet voice, Greg. We also have a, a guest in the studio, but only as a guest, just kind of a silent audience member, you know. Sometimes it's fun to have a studio audience, you know, as long as it doesn't get too crowded. Anyways, uh, who wants to go first? I, I uh, Peter just got here, but we... Finish the other one. Oh, get right. right in there. Get close. It is. Them. It is uh, one of the things that in 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 um, historically for for pride and gay pride um, has been that the original starting point of it is actually classified as the Stonewall riots, which take place in June twenty eighth of nineteen sixty nine, and um, they survive. Those riots continue for five days. Oh, wow. Before they are stopped. The police are involved. It's an incident where the police are actually raiding um, the Stonewall Bar, uh, which is operating outside of a jurisdiction without a license, and they do arrest the serving staff. At the time, in attendance, are gay men, lesbians, and transsexuals. And at the time in New York, um, you were required by law to be wearing at least three items of clothing that identified your sex. And if you were not, that was an arrestable offense. And what happens is that they begin to arrest the transsexuals, um, the trans. And the part about this that is pivotal is that up on this, this time, the gay community had been pretty much laid back about these things and just went back into the shadows and did nothing about them. Um, gay movements had existed. They were more about talking and, and discussions, and there wasn't really any radical nat- nature to it. Um, so one, we responded, and we responded with violence. Um, and two, we didn't respond alone, right? Um, Stonewall was gays, lesbians, and trans working in unity for the first time. And that's very, very key. Now, the original officers that arrived ended up barricading themselves into the bar. Oh. They get reinforcements on the outside. So you've got police 
gay, lesbian, trans, and then police. The police barricades are actually broached several times over the five days. Oh, really? At the end of this, um, several people are arrested. Everything goes quiet. But there's now a lot of anger within the community. And what happens here is now we start to see the gay, lesbian front's actual form. Like the Gay Liberation Association, um, PFLAG shows up for the first time at this point. GLAD shows up um, for the first time at this time. And what these now are doing, they are no longer being passive in their arguments. They are now going forward and actually arguing. Uh, they're doing two primary things. They're confronting politicians at every turn and disrupting every type of social assembly they can find. Right, and always putting the gay agenda on the target. And one of the key things about why it's still important today is right there. Because it still needs to be put on the ballot. Right now it's being challenged all over the states here in Canada. We had mentioned part of that, yeah, well, that it was. Norwich, Ontario. The town of Norwich, Ontario, right, at their last council meeting has stated, and this is just bylaw now in Norwich, if it is not municipal federal or provincial you can't fly the flag really that is correct that's actually yeah it's on any government government institution institution and the thing is this is something where um i am a firm believer the government doesn't have a right to tell people how to live their lives and i don't believe the government has a right or a responsibility to enforce any lifestyle so we don't fall, we don't put up a cross, any religious th- thing or social. I think if the, when it comes to government buildings, they should have the the flag. I think the key the key when we're looking at Norwich though is how it goes about. At that original council meeting, when you read the notes of the council meeting, the mayor, who is the deciding vote of three to two, and he actually decides in favor of the new bylaw, um, actually at the beginning tries to postpone the vote. And then the board is reminded that if they postpone the boat, then June pride flags would be able to go up on land. Their meeting, I believe, was actually extended to make sure this got passed that night. Oh, yeah. It was it was underhanded. And when these things happen, like these communities who are pushing back, because that's what this is. This is pushback against gay rights right now. And Canada's having a little bit of it, not as much as in the States, or Uganda, which I brought up earlier, 10 years just for identifying as gay, 10 years prison, or the death penalty. Let that think in, sink in. The death penalty. The death penalty. That's, 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 that's recent. That, that there is, are 76 uh, nations <clears throat> that have the death penalty. Most, most of the uh, British Commonwealth nations yeah. that have not received their independence from Britain is because somewhere on the books there is a death penalty of that sort, either be against gays or some other minority group. And that's the primary reason why they're not being given their independence. That's unreal. Because they can't enforce those laws. See, like, I know some countries have, like, strict rules about religion. For example, uh, I knew a gentleman from Egypt, and he knew a girl who switched religions, decided she didn't want that religion and wanted to switch back. In Egypt, that's death. Like, I'm never going to Dubai. I am not. No, watching. never go to Dubai. Go Most to Dubai. Middle Eastern, anything under Islamic, um, homosexuality is considered harem. So it is against the law. 
and anyone caught, there are certain rules that has to apply, but you homosexuals are put to death um, because God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, city of Lot. That was God's punishment, so that's, God, that's the punishment for today. Anybody doing that? Saudi Arabia does it. Sorry. Saudi Arabia does it. Uh, Yemen. Most, most Middle Eastern nations do. Dubai, it's, it's against the law. They do not put people to death, but they will imprison you for life. And, from, from and not a place to, not a good place to go to prison. Not a nice place. And not more like from here. the front of gay tourism, be very careful of any of the Caribbean islands. Well, the Caribbean island still has it. Jamaica is outwardly yeah. hostile towards homosexuals. Yeah, Caicos and Turcos. Yes, right. uh, Bermuda. Bermuda. Um, and now African, a lot of African nations. And there are still some that's, you know, like the the Eastern Bloc, of course, Russia, uh, Serbia, Yugoslavia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, all of those nations, Poland, uh, Poland and uh, Hungary. Yeah. Did you know in uh, India... Um, if you're a gay man, they prefer you to be trans uh, to a trans woman. That's Iran. Oh, is it? Um, yes, that's actually the punishment is either if you are caught as a gay man who <clears throat> is receiver. Um, because the man who is the receiver is the one who receives the punishment, not the one who's on top. Okay. Um, that's like that one movie is like, I'm not gay because you're sucking my dick. Yeah, it's very that, that is so freaking hypocritical. Well, the one who's being the receiver is being like a woman. So, and they don't look highly on women to begin with. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, religion just doesn't look highly. It doesn't, Christianity doesn't look high on women either. Um, but the thing is, is that in Iran, it's either you are put to death or you're forced to change your gender. And for me... You know, I've had to think about it. What would happen if somebody forced? Because I'm very much, I, I'm a man, quite happy being a man. No part of me says I want to be a woman. Not that I have anything against women, but I'm quite happy being a man. Like nothing in my brain says any other way, right? My emotions yeah. are all, I'm, I'm a man. Yeah, I don't know Same if here. I'd want to be living as a woman. That's pretty horrendous. Against your will. That's the thing, right? So that's the problem with that, and it is wrong. Sorry to interrupt, and sorry to... I got a question. So, we know a lesbian couple, and one of them was thinking about transitioning. What would that make it? Now a straight couple? Or, like, things will start to get complicated real quick, I would think. Um... I would have to argue that that would be on an individual case and would depend upon the strength of the of the relationship. It really would. I have found that some of the people I've met who have been in relationships who have who have one of the partner has trans, or even in some cases both of the partners have trans. Um, some of them have been successful, but they they blame and some haven't. But they, and they blame the transition. But when they look back later in their life, they realize that there was actually other problems going on. Right. relationship wise and it wasn't really the transition that caused it and transgender also is not a sexual orientation because there could be a transgender male who is attracted to women and will look at themselves as heterosexual and will claim they're heterosexual not 
the other way around. So when it comes to LGB or sexual orientation, that's about sexual orientation. Transgender (laughs) can encompass a whole bunch of different other orientations. Yeah, it can it can cover the gambit itself. It's, it's like a I don't know. It's like a filing cabinet, but yeah. Well, that's one of the things things I, when I you think know. about it's it. We're not, not losing gonna... anything. We're just gathering more squares on the gaming board. And, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up too. Um, the like binary, non-binary, identifying as different creatures, species, all that kind of stuff. You do you. I know. There are two genders. If you want to be any variation of that, have at it. When it comes to like identifying as an attack helicopter or something like that, okay, you need to get your noggin checked. You know, or if you identify as a, a grazing deer, I, I've heard of that one. Uh, no, sorry, you need a psychologist. There, there's there's something broken and that shouldn't be a sexual orientation being well, a grazing deer shouldn't be a, a what you identify but, but again, as again again you can open up a whole kettle of worms right you know it's um can we form right outside of our gender one of the things that we have is the ability to form affection bonds with both intimate and non-intimate things and those sec- those um, <coughs> emotional bonds can take on a sexual element yeah right um, and there are cases like there's the woman who married the Berlin Wall and the one person who cried when it was taken down because they killed her husband yeah right and okay yeah I get that kind of stuff so why do we have to keep putting labels on things can't we just go like hey this is Peter, this is Greg, this is Matt, this is Coleman, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, why do we need to go further than that? Why does it matter until it's in the intimacy of one's private bedroom? You know, like, it, it really doesn't matter. And now like, you're quoting Trudeau. Uh, no, I don't yeah, think no, so. Yeah, no, 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 the original Trudeau. Oh, well, maybe. Right. The government of Canada has no, no business in the bedrooms of Canadians. And I agree with that. Right. Yeah. That was Pierre. Well, he'd be shaking his head at what his son is doing, because this is disgusting. I'm sorry, you wanted to say something, or are you going to laugh for a sec? He's going to laugh for a sec. So, um, when I was growing up, it wasn't like supering your face as it is today. Today... Uh, being gay or any number of things then seen outside the norm um, wasn't really it hadn't become Hollywood yet Well, if that makes sense and, and they I weren't do, and trying to make what, money off it I get what you're saying yet. right that's one of the reasons why you actually ask <laughs> to get down to brown tax I will tell you that I identify as queer and not as gay right and that's because I sort of reject the media version of gay but on the flip side i'm i'm old enough to know that being gay i lived in fear of losing my job if i was outed of losing my apartment right 
I was on my own in the early late seventies, early eighties, when all of these things were like very much that, where my life could be changed overnight by just the wrong person finding out. And I've never hit, right? So it was very easy for people to find out, right? Um, and what what I've got to argue as far as why we need pride is the fact that suddenly, for the first time in my life, after like thirty years of not being afraid, I'm afraid again. You got a list, Greg? Well, we kind of lost where we were going with. with well, we're life. we're still on topic. It's well, not still, a problem. Well, we're, <clears throat> we're talking well, there's, about. There's, there's some key things, and, and <coughs> when, when we go to, go to Stonewall, right, like I said, that galvanized everything. The next year, they had a memorial um, uh, and, a, and a march in New York, L.A., I'm fine, and Chicago, and that was actually the first Pride Walk, right, and that developed eventually into the Pride Movement as we see it today. Toronto, Toronto, it comes in in 1978-79, and that's where the bathhouse slash raids riots. And what happens there is that over, I believe it's a, a two-month research program of investigation, right? On a particular night, I would have to look up the date, in the summer of 1978, um, the police raid five different bathhouses simultaneously in Toronto. They arrest 286 <coughs> or some odd number of men for different infractions. Of that, I believe only 10 of them actually had any charges of any, right? Like it was a minimal number. All of them were dropped. Um, newspapers at the time were... Now remember, I just said that this was the time where it could cost you your job, your apartment, and your entire life. The names of these 280-some-odd men were posted in the newspaper by the Toronto Sun, right? What happened as a result of that was the protest. And the protest goes down from Wellesley down Young Street to Station 52. And all the way through it, the people during the protest are being harassed on the sidewalk by the public. Oh, wow. Right, yeah, right? So the year after, they march again. And that is the beginning of the Pride Parade in, in Toronto, which, oddly enough, has now grown to be one of the top three uh, Pride celebrations in the world, in North America, for sure, as well as, I believe it's in the top five of the biggest celebrations in Toronto, right? Now, the key thing about those as to why I argue that it was targeted towards gay people and specifically gay people is because supposedly it was a target for brothels and prostitution, right? <coughs> but none of the straight ones were targeted at all. They weren't even part of that. And, just, and there's a, there's, they just don't even actually make any comment of it. And unlike, for example, in New York, where the, for Stonewall, in just 2018, the then uh, police chief of New York actually apologized to the gay community for the arrest and the behavior of their officers as and with the statement right um that what was done was simply and this is almost a direct quote i believe was just simply wrong all right whereas in toronto we have reports that there was one officer who lined up a group of gay men in one of the showers at the romans two on young street and while he had him standing under the shower heads, 
he made the statement, I wish this pumped gas instead of water, in a reference to Nazi Germany. Wow. So when we're talking about the prosecution that we're on and we're facing, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are talking (coughs) about we should just be killed. And at that point is where I say that's the need. That's the need. Because you're right. When you talk about it, I really don't care, right, who I have sex with. What business is it of yours? The only person it's a business of is the person I'm having sex with. Yeah. Right? And living in a straight world without... Now, we talk about, oh, but you gays have so many rights now and you have all of this and that. And what that is is because... For me, the first person, the first person I had it come out to was myself. Because up until that point in time, I had been taught how I was straight and that everything else was wrong. So I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, dude, you're gay. And go, I'm okay with that. Right? And the beauty about all of these rights and privileges is that 16, 17, 18 year old can now look in the mirror and not have to convince himself that what he's feeling is okay. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm emotional, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's an emotional thing, man. It, 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 it's especially growing up when it's not widely accepted or at least better so today. Uh, and we already mentioned that a couple states are regressing and even a couple Ontario cities, for whatever reason, decided they're going backwards. Um, I hope a lot of the laws stay intact. Uh, gay marriages, I hope that stays. And as far as Norwich is concerned, the town of Norwich, was it Thomas Paine who said something along the lines um, about a government who is indifferent, is no government at all, or something like that, right? You know, and it's, yeah, right? I understand you're saying that we want to stay neutral, but that's not your job. Yeah, yeah. Your job is to make everyone feel safe and secure, not questioning whether or not they're okay, right? You cannot be a force of neutral as a government. You have to be a force of the voice that says, Everyone has rights. Period. Not, we're not going to make a statement. Indifference as a government is a useless government. Period. I was just going to point out with the uh, younger generation, it seems as though I, I know it's more accepting in their age group, but everything, but we notice that there's a lot more suicides because of. Uh, them being gay and uh, the, I don't think that's a lot more I think it's just always been there and now we're able to look at it because we're looking for it I guess you know what I mean right so like yeah. I think the the rate of suicides by people who just couldn't come to terms of being gay in a society that was so condemning it was like you were Frankenstein's monster for crying out loud you were hunted you were you know, it's not just that. even in the modern times, this is one of those weird things, right? Is is um, we still, and, and I'm sure you would have experienced this, is as a younger gay, being out, being out and saying I'm gay, right? One of the beauties I had as a child is that it was like a hideable handicap. If I didn't want you to know, I didn't have to tell you, 
right? But in this modern age, where we're allowed to be out and free, it also means that you are a target to abuse. That's actually been commented on, like, some conservative sites that I do do go to that because I read both liberal and conservative because I'm more of a as Peter would know a centralist <laughs> yeah and um, that it is about them saying we're it's a good thing that we made them come out because now we know who to hunt when the time comes um, yeah it's the, the the comments are very and it's a lot of the, the the fear behind it. It is very fear based because they believe that us getting rights is taking theirs away. Uh, and 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 just to take that right on, right? Um, I lost the, the legal case, so I don't know if I can actually say I was constructively dismissed. But I can say that, in my opinion, I was constructively dismissed. And I'm actually going to name the company here from Parker Hannifin. If you don't know Parker Hannifin, Parker Hannifin is in every product you make. They make all the seals, the gadgets, the agitators. The actuators, the filters, the pumps, all of that stuff that goes together in any machine that moves back and forth. But when I was um, constructively dismissed, I had a personal interview with the, the head of HR for the entire company. And he actually made the statement that they put in same-sex health care privileges and benefits so that they could identify an up-to-now hidden minority within their ranks. I have a story about myself. Yeah, I want a story. Uh, when I was working at one of my first jobs in Niagara Falls, uh, there was an openly gay man who was working with me, and he was he was basically hitting on everyone, like every guy, that being straight, gay, doesn't matter, and he was making everyone uncomfortable, including myself. And I wasn't out at the time at work because I didn't, Really, it wasn't anyone's business as far as I was concerned. Why would it be? And so anyways, I remember like when I was going for like lunch and all that, the guy would come up to me and he would start talking to me. And he, I think he kind of figured that he kind of figured that I was gay or whatever, but I I didn't really make any advances towards him or anything like that. I just kept to myself and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, as the story goes on, um, he eventually got let go because they were, well, he was a bad worker to begin with, but on top of that, he wasn't really that, that suitable uh, yeah. because he was making people uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. Right. And well, so, sexual harassment is sexual harassment. Right. right? Yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's a post I saw the other day and I think it's an Eminem post and I'm not sure he was on the Grammys or something. And there's a, another female musician who comes up and like she comes up behind him and like hugs him and then kisses the back of his neck and everything like that and he and at the end of it he goes wow i feel like i've been um uh what's the word uh violated but not um violated violated right and it and that you can't do that regardless right it doesn't matter whether or not i'm gay straight or whatever right Man, woman, I cannot push my sexual advances on you on on any type of assumption, right? It's got to be done correctly and done fairly, and without that type of fuck, I can't get the V word again. 
without being violated. violated. The thing is, people know when there's an attraction to each other. True and that. you know when there's not. Right from the first second. So anybody who can read other people, as an empath, I can read people. So I'm like, within 20 seconds, I can pretty well know, okay, that could do it straight. That one's, you know, but like, it just, I think it's just people like, oh, well, I just got, I, I, we're getting onto this whole hitting on straight guys. And I just think it's the most disgusting thing. So. Yeah. And to, to continue with the story, um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, basically, uh, when the person was let go and I, decided to come out at work because people well i was getting closer to them and everything and i was a little bit worried because if i did they would think that i'd be like that other guy right but they knew me already and they were just like oh we don't really care one way or the other we you're a good worker yeah that's all that matters and and it sounds like the other guy was horn dogging it up pretty bad yeah he was just trying to get advanced in management and he was doing it the wrong way basically. yeah you don't do it with your wiener out yeah pretty much right it's not so. hollywood. yeah it's not hollywood yeah. ladies and gentlemen yeah but not, yeah that was a interesting situation r- write that down children not everything works with your wiener out yeah actually most things don't work with your wiener out like playing darts yeah, you got a story? Yeah, I do have a story. Oh, okay. My thing is, is that I pretty well knew my entire life, as I can recall, that I thought boys were more interesting than girls. Yeah. And I remember the first time I got called a fag. I had no idea what the word was. It's not something I ever heard in my house. And so I didn't know what the word was. And they were calling me a fag on the schoolyard. And I was like the hell is a fag what's a fag so i went home and i asked my mother what's a fag and she says well what do you mean i said well the kids at school were calling me a fag and i don't know what that word means right and she's oh well it's when two men have sex with each other and i was like kind of thought about it and i thought about it like how did two men have sex because they knew where babies came from they knew that you know my parents had sex but I didn't know anything else. And it's not like I looked at boys like in that kind of way, right? I just thought boys were more interesting. So I couldn't figure out. So when I came out, I pretty well came out. I told my sister first. And she says, well, just as long as you don't come on to my boyfriends. And I'm like, please, I've seen your boyfriends. There's no way that's happening. Okay? And, <laughs> but... The one that I took so long to come out to was my parents. It wasn't something I told them until I was 30 years old. I'd lived this whole gay life. Even though I never hid anything from my parents, but I wasn't with anybody. I told, I decided when I was going to come out to, because I had friends who parents had nothing to do with them. Totally cut ties with them when they came out to them. And that terrified me because i am come from a close family. My parents, are, and my they loved their children and supported their children. And it so it terrified me so much that I would never come out to them until I said, I met somebody. Because I'll have to know, this is my partner. You're going to have to deal with this. And, and then when I told them, I said, I met somebody. His name's Shane. And I'm gay. <laughs> and they went, well, we know that. 
<laughs> like, Why didn't you say anything? And my mother goes, well, we didn't think it was any of our business. And I'm like, I am your child. Everything should be your, your business, right? So, but yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I grew up very much pretty well out. So, to me, it wasn't this thing that was... My parents were totally accepting as well. It was actually yeah. a beautiful thing when I came out to my parents. I was amazed. One of my most loving memories of my father is him coming and taking me for lunch. Um, and uh, and it was so funny because he, he actually goes up to my manager and says, this is my son, I'm taking him out for lunch, right? You don't mind if you might be late for a couple hours afterwards. I'm like, my manager, yeah, whatever, go ahead, right? So we go for lunch and he literally opens up his box, his, his briefcase, right? And he's pulling out, this is just during the AIDS crisis, and he's pulling out the safe sex handbooks. He's got a dildo with condoms to... to because that's how important it was. Yeah. Right? That he's sitting there, right? And his, his and voice. You thought your shaking. parents were bad. He, he, his, his, his voice was shaking as he's talking about it, right? But he's like, no, you got to know this shit, right? You know, it doesn't matter what I feel about it. You need to know this, right? But yeah, right? And it, huh. to this day, right? I love my dad for that. There you go. Yeah. How, how, how did you come up with your parents? How was that? We, we should rename this because it's going to be more. Uh, coming out story. Coming out's a big part of our But I mean, like, well, I guess it is still part of history because it's, it's your history. Yeah, it's an individual you history. Come out as your sexuality. Yeah. You come out at a lot of different things in your life. Any time that you had to face a reality of yourself. You gotta get on a microphone. And and any time you had to face a reality of yourself and then looked at the world and have to say. I am that type of person. That's coming out. Yeah. So you've all experienced it. Yeah. We have a. Uh, because usually things that you're trying to hide from your parents, you hide in the closet. So when you're coming out, skeletons in the closet, that kind of thing. You know. What do you got? It's a Hollywood term for the pe- the gay men. Anybody who was gay in Hollywood, because a lot of gay people in Hollywood, who rents who rents Hollywood? The Jews. No, the gay Jews. And uh, worse. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is is that they would be told to stay in the closet. That's where it came from. If you if you do things in the closet, nobody will see. Right? We don't want the public to know. We don't care if you keep it on the low. So it, keep it in the closet. So it was a kind of like a '30s term. Keep it in the closet. When did, uh, oh, what's her name? I saw her on the Flintstone movie the other day. Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. When did she come out? Late 90s. Late when 90s? When she ended her show. That was kind of like, you know, when, when Boy George came out. Like, were any of us shocked, right? Like well, not with Boy George, but he wore it on his sleeve. And because he wouldn't come out, he had to do it the dirty way. That's my thing. If we want to get rid of this, this, the dirtiness and stuff is that I call it dirtiness, but it's people doing the down low, people going to parks and people going to bathhouses. And what happens is, is that not all the time is these healthy situations. Uh, and I'm just, again, coming from a nursing perspective, people are usually on alcohol and drugs and will take riskier behavior if they're not comfortable with themselves. 
And if we didn't make things a big deal in our society, it wouldn't be a big deal. Unless you are out there, that's what should be the big deal, is when you're harming people. I agree. So, anybody else have anything you want to add? We're at 36 minutes, give or take. What do you Uh, got, Greg? Well, I mean, like, I haven't really told my coming out story. Okay, give her. Um, I kind of knew in high school, so I was kind of like a late bloomer. I kind of knew, but I didn't really know until really in gym class and everything that I was, I like guys, you know? Yeah, and I didn't really care for girls, you know, and I had the biggest crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas in high school, and I didn't understand why. Oh, JTT. I just just didn't understand that, you know, but I mean, it was like for me. Like home improvement every day after school kind of Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, But I mean, like, I don't know, like I wouldn't. First person I came out to was a friend of mine, and she was very supportive about it and everything. And then eventually I came out to my sister, and she was obviously supportive about it as well. My parents, you know, they know I'm gay, but I I haven't really come out to them, you know? But, I mean, like, they know it. I mean, it's not like I hide it. Like, they, they know it, right? And we... Most parents do yeah, and it's not, and it's not really a big. Grandmothers always do. Yeah, and it's not a big shock. Yeah, my my parents asked me because Grandma said they were talking about me getting married, and Grandma said, "Don't hold your breath." <laughs> That's funny. So, are, are you finished? No. No. Well, I mean, go ahead. Uh, so that's really my big coming out story, but I mean, like. I mean, it was, it's just something that I knew in high school and all that. And I didn't really come out until after high school because obviously, I mean, like I was already getting bullied and for other stuff. Right. So it's just like, no, I don't need this on top of it. Right. You know, kind of thing. And back then, I mean, you weren't really, no one, I didn't really know anyone that was gay anyways. So it it didn't really concern me that much. And I, you know, yeah. Well, for me, I'm I'm the only other straight guy here, John. Uh, oh, really? Thanks. So, uh, yeah, look at me. <laughs> uh, I knew John was before, but it didn't bother me because I already have Peter as my best friend. I already have Sarah's brother who is gay, my daughter's uncle. Like, to me, it's it, it's not a big deal, but that's how I knew Greg was. Uh, Peter, I didn't know until I was told because he's the straightest gay man you'll meet. And Peter calls me the gayest straight man you'll meet. You should have seen me dancing today, man. I was like doing the Urkel and stuff. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm all right with it. Just don't put anything in my butt. You know? That goes double for you, Coleman. Oh, uh, yeah. Butt sex is funny. But, but I was... Donuts for donuts. It was, yeah. it was I've, as far as coming out, right, um, I knew, as Coleman said, from a very young age, that men were much more interesting. Um, 
and I never really had any desire in in the female anatomy at all, right? None the whatsoever. Are great. No, they don't. Nothing. Not, and I'm not. I'm not in my head. I'm not at all, right? Well, I Every, think when you women think, are beautiful creatures of nature, just like men. I think the human body is beautiful go, no matter what. That is the same feeling I'm having when I'm thinking just about like you having sex, sex with, with a woman, all right? It just doesn't work in my mind. But so by high school, I'm out, right? Uh, I don't. It's not till I'm starting university that I actually come out at home. But I'm I, not living at home at that point. I think high school is usually the key period because you want to kind of find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever you're into at the time. I'm actually going to high, high schools school. and giving speeches in the in the mid '70s yeah. on on being a gay high school student. So. Um, very, I'm talking to, to my peers and they're actually, we're very receiving. There you go. The 70s were a very interesting time where a lot of things, a lot of things seem to be opening up. And then there was a pushback in the 80s and 90s that has just been continuing. Um, and it's, I, I'm the pendulum swinging and I'm, I totally get that. But, um, the 70s for me was, was where a lot of the culture really coming out of the 60s just, opened up and maybe too much and maybe that's why we're getting this backlash right now but i don't know but it was a lot freer in the late 70s than it is today yeah i i never really had any straight friends male friends when i was a teenager and i didn't really have a lot of friends the only friend was my sister when i was a kid growing up i was bullied a lot as a little child but um because i was a fat kid and the and the weird kid so you know i was just a bullied kid yeah, but yeah. Right. was it because i was gay or because i was a yeah whatever right? was it because like someone was a fat and or whatever but um it wasn't until i became an adult that i started having interactions with with male friends i've actually changed a couple homophobic people because i'm not what people would think that it's like no i'm not going to come on to you i respect you as a human being so i'm not going to do that and, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not going to go around talking about sex all the time and shit. Like, they. Why is it that people perceive that? Of, of because it's, it's to make us look bad. Yeah. Just as much as they, Christians used to say Jews in the 16th century yeah. would kidnap Christian children and drink their blood. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's bullshit, but it creates fear. Yeah, we're not all... I'm not saying there aren't men, like gay men I know, who try to hit on straight men all the time. There that are happens. ones we know, and I think they're idiots. It's a futile thing, and it's rude and disrespectful to people. So, look at people first before you sexualize them. Because then you'll know within, you know, sooner or later if there's a sexual connection, right? Right. But... You know pretty basically right off the bat what somebody's like if you really pay attention to them and open up to people. So, but yeah, as I grew up and I, as I had adult male friends, they realized that, oh, you're not that way. No, I'm not. I'm just me. I don't want to hurt anybody or, yeah. Well, I feel the same from the other side of the table. Like, uh, when I was working in the convenience store industry, uh, you would meet people of every shape, size, color, creed, whatever, orientation, whatever. And I make friends with a lot of people quite easily. And this one guy I knew before he moved away, uh, he's like, yeah, I just wanted to tell you something. I'm like, yeah, what is it? I'm gay. I'm like, okay. 
He's like, you're not surprised? I'm like, no, I knew. How'd you know? I'm like, you came in wearing a leotard the other day. (laughs) Like, there's subtle hints. You, you you were prancing. I caught you prancing. Like, things like that. Snakes on a plane, man. My favorite character in that movie is the male Stuart. And the male Stuart, all the way through it, you think he is a flaming queen. And all the way through it, he's talking about his girlfriend. And he's talking about kickboxing and the whole thing. And you don't buy it too, because he just talks in such a femme flamboyant way. And you could see him wearing leotards to the convenience store. Right? But by the yeah. end of the movie... Right. Not only do you see his girlfriend come up to get him, but you see him run like a schoolgirl and jump into her arms. Oh, that's funny. She's the daddy. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. All walks of life, man. All walks. I have an aunt. My mother's sister is a lesbian, and she's been with her partner for as long as I have been alive. Um, <laughs> seems like, but. Um, she didn't come out to my family until after my sister passed away. And so my we all knew my aunt was a lesbian. Everybody knew. And it wasn't until after that she's like, oh, well, you know, because you're that way. And I said, yeah, I'm like you. And she went, how do you know that? And Sheila's your partner. We all know that. And so she finally came out to my parents. And it was like, yeah, we know. We pretty well figured that out. But yeah, it's just so many people think they're hiding it, but People know. Oh, yeah. It's a common thing. Yeah. I mean, like, people know. I mean, like, people that I've come out to, they're just like, oh, yeah, we knew. And it's just like, okay. I mean, like. I've had a lot of people think I was gay. Yeah. Well, you are the gayest straight guy. I know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're at the the, the time. So, uh, thank you for joining us. And. uh, Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy, Pride. Happy Pride. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Or Fly your colors, girls. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget extra gloss. Have a good one.